Part ten of Prose Romances from the Oxford and Cambridge Magazine by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Hollow Land, Chapter Two, Failing in the World. Now at that time we drove cattle in Red Harold's land, and we took no hoof but from the lords and rich men, but of these we had a mighty drove, both oxen and sheep and horses and besides even hawks and hounds and a huntsman or two to take care of them and about noon we drew away from the cornlands that lay beyond the pastures and mingled with them and reached a wide moor which was called goliah's land i scarce know why except that it belonged neither to red harold or us but was debatable and the cattle began to go slowly and our horses were tired and the sun struck down very hot upon us for there was no shadow and the day was cloudless all about the edge of the moor except on the side from which we had come was a rim of hills not very high but very rocky and steep otherwise the moor itself was flat and through these hills was one pass guarded by our men which pass led to the hill castle of the lilies it was not wonderful that of this moor many wild stories were told being such a strange lonely place some of them one knew alas to be over true in the old time before we went to the good town this moor had been the mustering place of our people and our house had done deeds enough of blood and horror to turn our white lilies red and our blue cross to a fiery one but some of those wild tales i never believed they had to do mostly with men losing their way without any apparent cause for there were plenty of landmarks finding some well-known spot and then just beyond it a place they had never even dreamed of florian florian said arnold for god's sake stop as everyone else is stopping to look at the hills yonder i always thought there was a curse upon us what does god mean by shutting us up here look at the cattle oh christ they have found it out too see some of them are turning to run back again towards harold's land oh unhappy unhappy from that day forward he leaned forward rested his head on his horse's neck and wept like a child i felt so irritated with him that i could almost have slain him then and there was he mad had these wild doings of ours turned his strong wise head are you my brother arnold that i used to think such a grand man when i was a boy i said or are you changed too like everybody and everything else what do you mean look look he said grinding his teeth in agony i raised my eyes where was the one pass between the rim of stern rocks nothing the enemy behind us that grim wall in front what wonder that each man looked in his fellow's face for help and found it not yet i refused to believe that there was any truth either in the wild stories that i had heard when i was a boy or in this story told me so clearly by my eyes now i called out cheerily hugh come here he came what do you think of this some mere dodge on harold's part are we cut off think sir florian god forgive me for ever thinking at all i have given up that long and long ago because thirty years ago i thought this that the house of lilies would deserve anything in the way of bad fortune that god would send them so i gave up thinking and took to fighting 
but if you think that harold had anything to do with this why in god's name i wish i could think so i felt a dull weight on my heart had our house been the devil's servants all along i thought we were god's servants the day was very still but what little wind there was was at our backs i watched hugh's face not being able to answer him he was the cleverest man at war that i have known either before or since that day sharper than any hound in ear and scent clearer sighted than any eagle he was listening now intently i saw a slight smile cross his face heard him mutter yes i think so verily that is better a great deal better then he stood up in his stirrups and shouted hurrah for the lilies mary rings mary rings i shouted though i did not know the reason for his exultation my brother lifted his head and smiled too grimly then as i listened i heard clearly the sound of a trumpet an enemy's trumpet too after all it was only mist or some such thing i said for the pass between the hills was clear enough now hurrah only mist said arnold quite elated mary rings and we all began to think of fighting for after all what joy is equal to that there were five hundred of us two hundred spears the rest archers and both archers and men-at-arms were picked men how many of them are we to expect said i not under a thousand certainly probably more sir florian my brother arnold by the way had knighted me before we left the good town and hugh liked to give me the handle to my name how was it by the way that no one had ever made him a knight let every one look to his arms and horse and come away from those silly cows sons shouted arnold hugh said they will be here in an hour fair sir so we got clear of the cattle and dismounted and both ourselves took food and drink and our horses afterwards we tightened our saddle girths shook our great pots of helmets on except arnold whose rusty red hair had been his only headpiece in battle for years and years and stood with our spears close by our horses leaving room for the archers to retreat between our ranks and they got their arrows ready and planted their stakes before a little peat moss and there we waited and saw their pennons at last floating high above the corn of the fertile land then heard their many horse-hoofs ring upon the hard parched moor and the archers began to shoot it had been a strange battle we had never fought better and yet withal it had ended in a retreat indeed all along every man but arnold and myself even hugh had been trying at least to get the enemy between him and the way toward the pass and now we were all drifting that way the enemy trying to cut us off but never able to stop us because he could only throw small bodies of men in our way whom we scattered and put to flight in their turn i never cared less for my life than then indeed in spite of all my boasting and hardness of belief i should have been happy to have died such a strange weight of apprehension was on me and yet i got no scratch even i had soon put off my great helm and was fighting in my mail coif only 
and here i swear that three knights together charged me aiming at my bare face yet never touched me for as for one i put his lance aside with my sword and the other two in some most wonderful manner got their spears locked in each other's armour and so had to submit to be knocked off their horses and we still neared the pass and began to see distinctly the ferns that grew on the rocks and the fair country between the rift in them spreading out there blue shadowed whereupon came a great rush of men of both sides striking side blows at each other spitting cursing and shrieking as they tore away like a herd of wild hogs so being careless of life as i said i drew rein and turning my horse waited quietly for them and i knotted the reins and laid them on the horse's neck and stroked him that he whinnied then got both my hands to my sword then as they came on i noted hurriedly that the first man was one of harold's men and one of our men behind him leaned forward to prod him with his spear but could not reach so far till he himself was run through the eye with a spear and throwing his arms up fell dead with a shriek and i noted concerning this first man that the laces of his helmet were loose and when he saw me he lifted his left hand to his head took off his helm and cast it at me and still tore on the helmet flew over my head and i sitting still there swung out hitting him on the neck his head flew right off for the mail no more held than a piece of silk mary rings and my horse whinnied again and we both of us went at it and fairly stopped that rout so that there was a knot of quite close and desperate fighting wherein we had the best of that fight and slew most of them albeit my horse was slain and my mail coif cut through then i bade a squire fetch me another horse and began meanwhile to upbraid those knights for running in such a strange disorderly race instead of standing and fighting cleverly moreover we had drifted even in this successful fight still nearer to the pass so that the conies who dwelt there were beginning to consider whether they should not run into their holes but one of the knights said be not angry with me sir florian but do you think you will go to heaven the saints i hope so i said but one who had stood near him whispered to him to hold his peace so i cried out o oh, friend i hold this world and all therein so cheap now that i see not anything in it but shame which can any longer anger me wherefore speak out then sir florian men say that at your christening some fiend took on him the likeness of a priest and strove to baptize you in the devil's name but god had mercy on you so that the fiend could not choose but baptize you in the name of the most holy trinity and yet men say that you hardly believe any doctrine such as other men do and will at the end only go to heaven round about as it were not at all by the intercession of our lady they say too that you can see no ghosts or other wonders whatever happens to other christian men i smiled well friend i scarcely call this a disadvantage moreover what has it to do with the matter in hand how was this in heaven's name we had been quite still resting while this talk was going on but we could hear the hawks chattering from the rocks we were so close now and my heart sunk within me there was no reason why this should not be true there was no reason why anything should not be true this sir florian said the knight again 
how would you feel inclined to fight if you thought that everything about you was mere glamour this earth here the rocks the sun the sky i do not know where i am for certain i do not know that it is not midnight instead of undern i do not know if i have been fighting men or only simulacra but i think we all think that we have been led into some devil's trap or other and and may god forgive me my sins i wish i had never been born there now he was weeping they all wept how strange it was to see all those rough bearded men blubbering there and snivelling till the tears ran over their armour and mingled with the blood so that it dropped down to the earth in a dim dull red rain my eyes indeed were dry but then so was my heart i felt far worse than weeping came to but nevertheless i spoke cheerily dear friends where are your old men's hearts gone to now see now this is a punishment for our sins is it well for our forefathers sins or our own if the first o oh brothers be very sure that if we bear it manfully god will have something very good in store for us hereafter but if for our sins is it not certain that he cares for us yet for note that he suffers the wicked to go their own ways pretty much moreover brave men brothers ought to be the masters of simulacra come is it so hard to die once and for all still no answer came from them they sighed heavily only i heard the sound of more than one or two swords as they rattled back to their scabbards nay one knight stripping himself of surcoat and hauberk and drawing his dagger looked at me with a grim smile and said sir florian do so then he drew the dagger across his throat and he fell back dead they shuddered those brave men and crossed themselves and i had no heart to say a word more but mounted the horse which had been brought to me and rode away slowly for a few yards then i became aware that there was a great silence over the whole field so i lifted my eyes and looked and behold no man struck at another then from out of a band of horsemen came harold and he was covered all over with a great scarlet cloth as before put on over the head and flowing all about his horse but rent with the fight he put off his helm and drew back his mail coif then took a trumpet from the hand of a herald and blew strongly and in the midst of his blast i heard a voice call out o florian come and speak to me for the last time so when i turned i beheld arnold standing by himself but near him stood hugh and ten others with drawn swords then i wept and so went to him weeping and he said thou seest brother that we must die and i think by some horrible and unheard-of death and the house of the lilies is just dying too and now i repent me of swanhilda's death now i know that it was a poor cowardly piece of revenge instead of a brave act of justice thus has god shown us the right o oh, florian curse me so will it be straighter truly thy mother when she bore thee did not think of this rather saw thee in the tawny at this time in her fond hopes glittering with gold and doing nightly or else mingling thy brown locks with the golden hair of some maiden weeping for the love of thee god forgive me god forgive me what harm brother i said this is only failing in the world what if we had not failed in a little while it would have made no difference 
truly just now i felt very miserable but now it has passed away and i am happy oh brave heart he said yet shall we part just now florian farewell the road is long i said farewell then we kissed each other and hugh and the others wept now all this time the trumpets had been ringing ringing great doleful peals then they ceased and above all sounded red harold's voice so i looked round towards that pass and when i looked i no longer doubted any of those wild tales of glamour concerning goliah's land for though the rocks were the same and though the conies still stood gazing at the doors of their dwellings though the hawks still cried out shrilly though the fern still shook in the wind yet beyond oh such a land not to be described by any because of its great beauty lying a great hollow land the rocks going down on this side in precipices then reaches and reaches of loveliest country trees and flowers and corn then the hills green and blue and purple till their ledges reached the white snowy mountains at last then with all manner of strange feelings my heart in the midst of my body was even like melting wax oh you house of the lily you are conquered yet i will take vengeance only on a few therefore let all those who wish to live come and pile their swords and shields and helms behind me in three great heaps and swear fealty afterwards to me yes all but the false knights arnold and florian we were holding each other's hands and gazing and we saw all our knights yea all but squire hugh and his ten heroes pass over the field singly or in groups of three or four with their heads hanging down in shame and they cast down their notched swords and dinted lilied shields and brave crested helms into three great heaps behind red harold then stood behind no man speaking to his fellow or touching him then dolefully the great trumpet sang over the dying house of the lily and red harold led his men forward but slowly on they came spear and mail glittering in the sunlight and i turned and looked at that good land and a shuddering delight seized my soul but i felt my brother's hand leave mine and saw him turn his horse's head and ride swiftly towards the pass that was a strange pass now and at the edge he stopped turned round and called out aloud i pray thee harold forgive me now farewell all then the horse gave one bound forward and we heard the poor creature's scream when he felt that he must die and we heard afterwards for we were near enough for that even a clang and a crash so i turned about me to hugh and he understood me though i could not speak we shouted all together mary rings then laid our bridles on the necks of our horses spurred forward and in five minutes they were all slain and i was down among the horse hoofs not slain though not wounded red harold smiled grimly when he saw me rise and lash out again he and some ten others dismounted and holding their long spears out i went back 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 
i saw what it meant and sheathed my sword and their laughter rolled all about and i too smiled presently they all stopped and i felt the last foot of turf giving under my feet i looked down and saw the crack there widening then in a moment i fell and a cloud of dust and earth rolled after me then again their mirth rose into thunder peals of laughter but through it all i heard red harold shout silence evil dogs for as i fell i stretched out my arms and caught a tuft of yellow broom some three feet from the brow and hung there by the hands my feet being loose in the air then red harold came and stood on the precipice above me his great axe over his shoulder and he looked down on me not ferociously almost kindly while the wind from the hollow land blew about his red raiment tattered and dusty now and i felt happy though it pained me to hold straining by the broom yet i said i will hold out to the last it was not long the plant itself gave way and i fell and as i fell i fainted end of part ten